Welcome to another episode of Decoded. My name is Sydney Lai, and this podcast is brought to you by Al Systems, where we help developers build web and mobile applications on the enterprise level. And today we are talking to Postman. Postman is a developer tool that allows devs to build and integrate and test APIs. I think what's so exciting about Postman, at least for me, is that the way I see development moving is you're no longer building everything from scratch. You don't have to build your own native integration tool anymore. And it's a lot of conducting and orchestrating between different APIs, different integrations, and really being able to build something really, really exciting. And I think that at least that's my draw to Postman. I also know that Postman is quite popular in the developer ecosystem. I'm just really excited to explore this a little bit further. Let's dive in. I'm excited to introduce Arlemi Turpo. Arlemi Turpo, developer advocate at Postman. Arlemi, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. And again, like second try is still perfectly said. Didn't pronounce the extra letters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. French for some reason is very, very difficult for me. I always feel awkward pronouncing it because I feel like I can't. You know, if, it's the tongue. If it makes you feel any better, it's very difficult for a lot of people. <laughs> I have a few colleagues and my girlfriend that are learning French and yeah, it's a struggle. Do they always butcher your last name? I just ask them not to pronounce it. The first name is hard enough. <laughs> okay. Very well. And are you currently living in London or where are you? I am in London, yeah. Okay, okay. Did you ever come to the Bay to live or no? You haven't no, in the Bay? No, oh, okay, I gotcha. went there once with my job and that's about it. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, because... One of the things I really want to talk about today is Postman and Postman being a developer tool that sometimes I wonder, is it a Silicon Valley tool? Is it truly a global tool? I think that it's one of the first times I really came across a tool that is really trying to understand how to capture the developer ecosystem, but does it very, very well, right? And so one of the things I I want to understand is what is... What is the origin story? And maybe just for the audience to help understand for those who are not familiar with Postman, what is Postman? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's start very generalistic. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Postman is, or now it is an API platform, as we call it. It started as a side project from our CEO, now CEO, when he was working at Yahoo and working with APIs and had that kind of like that itch that he wanted to debug APIs and just created a tool for himself. That grew into a bigger side project and then eventually started a whole company. So to your first question, whether it was like a, a Bay Area company, the company started in the Bay Area, but the tool was originally built in India. And now our company is the two offices or the three offices we have are in India and the Bay Area. And then we have like people remote like me kind of across the globe. So yeah, started as a side project, then turned into on the Chrome Web Store, then turned it to an actual app. Now it is an app and a web app. It started as a testing tool for APIs, where basically it was just, you have text area, you put your URL and like methods, so get, post, a few parameters, send it, see what's coming back. And then came into the collaboration features, creating collections, being able to share them with other people. And that's kind of what grew the tool because from one developer working on its own and doing his own like, testing, you would create your test and then you would share it to someone else and then they would go into Postman and start using it, etc. And yeah, lots of word of mouth. Um, the 
CEOs. I mean, Stan, I was talking about it in, a, in an interview a couple of years ago where he was his first developer advocate, basically. Uh, he created a tool and he was just the one going to forums. So I know we talked about that before. There's a Stack Overflow post that if you look for the Postman tag, the most avoided question is him just saying, oh, I created that tool. Maybe you should give it a try. And it was like six years ago, maybe. So yeah, it's just a tool he created, started talking about it, kind of people started liking it and created by a developer for developers. I think that's what really made it and made it easy to promote and to be loved, I guess. I think what's so badass is essentially seeing the legend being born on the internet, right? So you had just mentioned the Stack Overflow post. I think what's so fun is that it's like a snapshot in history, right? The birth, the seed of now what is a unicorn startup, now what is a very, again, beloved developer tool, right? And when you see that original Stack Overflow post, it has that sense of possibility and potential. When you look at it six years ago, you would not realize it would become such an important tool in the developer ecosystem as it is today. I feel like you see that at, at still on Hacker News, right? Like, which probably isn't the best platform to promote your product. There's different opinions on that, but you'll see some like tools created by single developers posted there. And then just from there, they can, I'm not saying they're all going to turn into unicorns, but they'll get like some fame and that, that's always like a step if you make it to the, to the front page and you'll get like, it could be just like Gate of Stars or whatever. But yeah, it's always interesting to see how like just being on a certain platform at the right time with the right content can get you like as far as a unicorn, I guess. And so then what were some of the challenges that the founders had faced when they were testing APIs back in the day, right? So in 2016, what were some of the large friction points to the extent where he's like, okay, I just need, I need to make this at this point? So it was even before that, it was 2014, I think, when they created it. I think we, we just passed it to six years. The main challenge at the time, so it's always fine when you're coding your own API, you know how it works. But when you talk about integration and having to use other people's API, and just still today, like finding good API documentation or documentation in general is hard. And I think that was the main thing. So when they were him and, and Kit Soptips and our now CTO and his, his co-founder, they were working together, working with these other APIs. And whenever they were working on one, they had to go and like run around and ask people for, oh, how, like what does this API do? And like, how do I use it, et cetera? Or then what you had to do and just using the developer tools or just your browser, call the endpoints, see the results. Then you have to pass it in like some JSON beautifier or XML beautifier if it's like another type of API and kind of have to guess from there how you use it, which is a, a, a different steps. And that's where I guess the idea came from. Oh, this is all these steps. How about we just make them one step in one tool? That's the main challenge or the main problem that we're trying to solve with that. And so when Postman was first launched, what was the experience building it? Why was the decision local? I guess, yeah, I guess in 2014, that actually kind of answers the question. But what were some of the early design decisions and what was the tech stack that even built Postman at the time? I wasn't there, disclaimer. That's a good, that's <laughs> so a good point. Yeah. I, I don't want to like, I'm going to try to spread as much truth as I can, but I may have say some wrong things. But um, kinda, it, it started as a Chrome store, just app. Oh, that's and it right. was, I think open source at the time. I'm not sure about the tech stack. I think all the apps on the web store at the time were probably some favorite JavaScript. 
and that's what it was at the beginning. I don't think it went as far as like thinking of a whole tech stack and this grew as the as the company grew, right? Like it started as something and then we started adding services. I mean, we can go into that discussion of all the, of all like how it grew from like one service to like too many services. And then we had to kind of think about the, the whole scaling. But yeah, that's probably, that's probably what it was, just like a web app. And the main change is where it was a side gig, right? It was not a company. They decided to kind of stop their job, uh, do some consulting and have Postman on the side. And that's the whole, how do we monetize that? And how do we turn that into a company, which was probably their, their main challenge at the time. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think, I think also when you think about the value proposition of making integrations a lot easier with Postman, the value proposition is actually pretty clear when it's for developers. I always like to ask that question of like, you know, why should grandma be excited about Postman? <laughs> um, that's a, a, a level away from like an yeah. abstraction no, level away, right? We actually have a similar question in our interview rounds, or at least for our DevRel roles, where we say, describe an API to your brother, your dad, and your grandma, just like different level of technicity. Why your grandma should be excited about Postman? That's a question I had not thought of, and I, I, I can't even think of it. I guess if your grandma works in IT, she's going to be excited about that. No. That's a very, you know, that's a very good point. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's the developer tool, as you said. So that's, if you're not a developer, that's one of the things that we're turning towards as well over the last two years. Mostly Postman was firstly designed for developers of like API producers, and you would like design your API on it, et cetera. And then we turned into, oh, but how about we make it easier for people to consume these APIs? And we turn into creating an API network where you can publish your APIs and people can consume. So if you are a, I mean, a grandma or just someone that is not technical, I know grandmas that are very technical, <laughs> so, and you just want to learn about a specific APIs, and th- there are very simple APIs out there. Like you have like dad jokes, you have like cat pics or uh, whatever you can find. And you don't have a website for this thing. Or like if we talk about a more like a recent recent thing, we can talk about what's happening with GameStop, or we can talk about just COVID-19 data. And that's stuff that you may want to have access to, that you're interested in because you saw it on the news. And you may want to use an API for that because that's what's going to get you the most up-to-date data. It's not like the... Oh, 100%. Arlemi, I think you already made the answer. Grandma wants to care about Postman because now she can make API calls to Twitter on vaccine updates in her local area to exactly. her, her smart fridge. I don't know. I guess you could have just <laughs> uploaded that handle. Yeah, that but yeah is... I don't know. Just discoverability of the APIs and being able so being able just to consume their them right there without you don't have to be technical. So that's what, what we're turning into and we wanna enable non-technical people, whether it's like marketing, sales, or all these other roles that could leverage APIs. That's what we're going oh, to do. Oh wow. Okay. So I was gonna ask what were some of the again, Postman has been around since twenty fourteen, but what were some of the the pivots or renditions, right? And so it kind of sounds like you are touching on this is where Postman is going, which is really mind boggling because you're able to enable your, I don't know if this is the right term, but maybe you're democratizing the ability to build integrations beyond just developers. And so that's definitely sounds like what you just mentioned where you guys are going, but like, what were some of the phases, right? You, you kind of given the origin as well, and then where you're going. I have quite a few maybe milestones that come to mind. I think so if we go all the way to the start, it started as a testing tool. And then what we thought about was 
what was it solving from different... There was all the tools back then, 2014, where all the API tools, but some things that were not existing were API documentations. And again, being able to add like, documentation to API, which is always very valuable. And the other one is there are tools, and still today, there's Microsoft Flow, and you, you see a lot of like tools like this by specific providers. And the beauty behind Postman is that it's not by someone's provider for their APIs, and you can just pick API from all these different providers and try to integrate them together. So that's like integration, but to anything, as long as you have access, obviously. So that was the first one. And then the second one that came in was turning into collaboration. So I mentioned quickly that before. Collections, which is this like shareable object that you could like send to other people and they could use it. And then this grew into a team library, which is a collection of collections. And it's, it's now workspaces. So that's the main concept of Postman. You have your personal workspace, your team workspace, private workspace and now public workspace. So you can create that these public collections that anyone, even you, without being logged in, you can go on the web and see all these like APIs, documentation, et cetera. But in between, so we did turn from API to gathering only to API producers to API producers and consumers, which was I think probably probably the main main one that happened. And if we talk about the future, I think we have a goal of gathering so we have 14 million users, I think, at the moment. Our goal is 100 million, and that's where <laughs> I like how your face kind of says, well, I'm yeah. just like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I think that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's super, I mean, that's super ambitious, and I, and I know you guys are going to make it. Like, that's that's the thing is that I think that in the developer ecosystem, fans really do flock around and support Postman. So yeah. when you say, like, oh, 100 million, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> that, I mean, that makes me feel good. But yeah, so I think that's where we're going to have to cater to more to develop than developers as well, right? Like, you have all these other people that will want to use APIs. And so now, nowadays, right, like, any kind of any service has an API, and you can't escape from APIs, if I may say. They're everywhere. So if you're in marketing and you use Marketo, for example, if you're in social medias and you want to use the YouTube API, Twitter API, stuff like that, Everything is built on top of API. So that's something that we want to cater for. And this will go also into like supporting different different specification and type of APIs. So for now, all we do is uh, synchronous APIs. And I think one of our next milestone, which will make a lot of people happy, uh, especially in the, in the IoT industry, for example, is supporting asynchronous API, like WebSockets, for example, et cetera. So that's in the roadmap somewhere. Uh, I can't say more. But yeah, that's definitely something that, we, <laughs> that we'd have to to do if you want to cater for more. Yeah, I think what you had just mentioned, which is, you know, APIs and integrations are unavoidable. I think oftentimes what happens is when we look at developers, especially developers who are, maybe it's self-taught, maybe it's coming from boot camps, oftentimes, at least the stereotype, at least the perceived stereotype is, hey, you're either a web developer or you're a mobile developer. Sometimes it sounds like it's oversimplified. And I'll speak for myself that, if people ask like, oh, do you like to build web, mobile, et cetera? It's like, eh, there's so many solutions out there. I actually personally much, much prefer building different types of integrations and really expanding, going beyond the limitations of what perhaps the purpose of that API was originally supposed to be. So again, it could be a Slack API, it could be a Twitter API, whatever it is. And rather than just gathering data, I enjoy I enjoy tackling these builds from a creative perspective of how can we reimagine a product or how can we extend 
even the vision of what this API was, quote, originally designed for, as an example. And I think that Postman really, really enables that. And so does Postman, when you're tackling or presenting yourself to different developer ecosystems, do you break it down into like, hey, maybe like low level languages and then you have like JS communities or, you know, you mentioned maybe you're spinning out into IoT. So because it's not like a pan experience, right? When you become a developer, you have different origin stories of how one becomes a developer. Did you go through the traditional CS route, et cetera? And yeah, hopefully that question made sense. I think at that point I was more just reflecting at that point, but yeah. So uh, actually, can you, I don't know if you're asking about my, my IT growth kind of, or are you asking about like how, okay, so I have a CS background. I've always been like into IT from like when I was probably 12 years old or even earlier, and then just did good old uh, bachelor masters of like programming and then got into, well, I started as a software software developer. And quickly I realized that what really excited me was just talking to other people about the things I built, but like, not just, oh, I did that. You should like that. More like, oh, you're doing this. How about I build this for you? So it solves your problem. I think maybe going back to the second part of what your question was, is where like, it's very cool for Postman to be in that place because because you're, so you're not a, a tool for a specific platform. But also, as you mentioned, like there's APIs to do anything. And it's very interesting to be able to create your own thing from all these APIs. So you can go in and if someone tells you, well, so I'm a web developer, I want to build something that, quick example, we're going to do a live stream next week around GameStop. So for anyone that's aware of what's happening with GameStop stock. Uh, Wait, it's like a Postman GameStop stock mashup? Or (laughs) how would that even work? So exactly, right? What? Like, so what we're going to do... That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's going to be a stream. And the way we want to make it so it's interesting for web devs, because what we, we're going to do some bits of like uh, web scrapping. So there's this, I think there's this website, which is the squeeze bins closed or something like that. So we're going to, yeah, it's just to know whether the bubble was closed or not. So we're going to scrap that and kind of see what you can do with that on Postman. But also... We're going to look at the Reddit API and kind of, I don't know what we're going to do with it yet. Maybe sentiment analysis of the Wall Street bets subreddit. This is to do. so funny. I just want to drop the podcast at this point. I'm like, all right, I'm done. Like, let's, <laughs> let's go straight into, and let's turn our attention to this. I think API as a meme use case is, I can't. It, it, the I potential <laughs> is, is way too damn high, <laughs> if I may. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's why it's also very, very cool to be in there because you don't... So I used to work for a cloud platform and I was a developer advocate. And even though as a developer advocate, you have to know the other platforms, obviously my goal was just to promote our platform. So being in the intersection of all these, now if I want to use any cloud platform and even like different at the same time, I can. And that's where, yeah, again, for for developers, we really don't say, oh, you're a web dev, so you need this API today. You work with APIs and I think... At, Probably anyone does, whether you're front-end and you call your back-end API, whether you're back-end and you call like other, if you call the Stripe API or you call any other API out there. Yeah, it's pretty much everywhere. So we're, we're lucky enough that our user base will always expand, I feel. Yeah, I mean, I think when you think of Stripe and how Stripe provided that value add for developers of now you don't have to build your own payments integration, right? You can, now you have, I don't remember at the time, it was like 13 lines of code, something something like that. And now you can 
easily do that. And I think with Postman, it's like now you don't have to do X, Y, and Z. <laughs> you can use Postman to make your workflow a lot easier. And I and I just am kind of realizing, I mean, so when you're thinking about the structure of API testing and creation, it's like you're sending on the client side, you're sending letters to the server over the network. And so if you're sending letters, this is a mailman, postman, is that where <laughs> is that where the name came from? Or because postman is a very like startup-y name. Or so is that relevant? Actually, I think it is relevant, but so we have a I actually don't know where the postman name comes from. Because you're delivering letters do, into the server? I don't know. I guess it is, right? Like, yeah, at the end of the day, I think the postman is the API, right? Because the API is what takes something from one end and posts it to the other end. So we usually do the waiter comparison where you have a menu, you say, I want this and I give you this and this as parameters, bring it to the cook and then the cook cooks it, which is the server. And then the waiter just brings it back to you, transformed with whatever like parameters you oh, gave. That's so, a beautiful analogy. That's and a I think beautiful it, analogy. We, you just pointed it with the postman. There's, <laughs> there's not so much analogy that can be made because the postman doesn't open the letter and kind of change it. But right. which actually no, that's fine, right? Like it takes the letter, says what it is, sends it to someone else, and then someone else sends back with different details based on what you send. Yeah. 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 Could be. So I don't know if you know about Seinfeld, the TV show. Oh, Seinfeld. You know, yeah. um, I am American, like, but I, I never I, I never <laughs> watched Seinfeld. I'm one of those people who like didn't watch Seinfeld, didn't watch Friends, didn't watch Mm-mm. just, I, you know, just Pokemon. <laughs> it was just, why watch anything else when Pokemon's playing? <laughs> so it's because we have this CLI. So it's like the, the CLI for Postman, if you want to put it in your like CI, CD or whatever, which is called Newman. And that's actually the name, I think, of the Postman. Seinfeld. Oh my Seinfeld. gosh, that's amazing! Yeah, that's. I feel like I should. I feel like I should just make a whole BuzzFeed article about subtle, subtle pop cultural references by Postman. <laughs> I'm gonna think about this one. But okay, so then <laughs> as you're talking about this case study, so then if we're talking about really the framework, or at least the origin name to the framework of how Postman works, so then as you're talking about this experiment with Postman. Wall Street bets. I don't know if, like, is it a Twitter API they're exposing, a Reddit API? I mean, nonetheless, this is hilarious. Either. (laughs) Either way. That's also one of the things. So that's going to be more of a a DevRel take rather than a a developer's solely. But what we try to do with this live stream is just find a topic and then kind of got it during the live stream. So any developer watching can see how you would go for doing something around this. You don't have to have the exact same use case, but I'm sure other people have thought of like using the Reddit API to watch a specific subreddit. It doesn't have to be the Wall Street best one. So we just got it and we, with the customer zero of it, and we just go, oh, what would I do? And I, we go Reddit API documentation. If there's one, I don't even know if there's one. We go scrap library, scrapping web page library. And we just build it on the go. And it's usually like an hour, an hour and a half to do it. We get a lot of interaction and engagement from that just because we let people tell us what we need to do as well. It's not just like just webinar and we show you how it's done. It's more like we create with you. So we have developers coming in just like offering, oh, you should use that library. We did one where we were looking for something like Ngrok. I don't know if you've used that before. Mm-mm, no. Basically creates a channel to your local host so you can call your local host from outside. And someone recommended a different tool on the chat, so we tried it and it just worked. So yeah, that's that's always an interesting take to take. It's risky. We had once, we didn't manage to finish what we wanted to do. And it's oh, it, it happens with live streams, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done it myself. And I also think, 
and I think that's again the fun of building and building with and integrating it with APIs is that there's no limit to your imagination. And I was just thinking maybe as like a parody Twitch battle on the other end, I can use OutSystems and build like a hedge fund trading platform. And as you guys are winning on that side, the the red lights are blinking and the hedge fund trading terminal uh, is showing like, oh, I'm losing over billions of dollars. Something <laughs> the, like yeah, that. Yeah, the possibility <laughs> with Twitch, like what, one thing that I do want to do is play with the actual Twitch chat where I want, like, have you seen Twitch plays Pokemon? Yeah. Oh, that's on Twitch. I, I think that's all I watch is Pokemon. Like, but yes. <laughs> no, no, so it's basically, it's a channel you send on the chat. You say arrow up, arrow down, yes, right, I've left. I've seen that, yeah. Okay, cool. yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. And so that's something that I do want to do. And it's just like people send random stuff. And so you're talking about our systems, right? They could send, I don't know, can you create can you create components on the go with our systems? Yep, they can create components. We call them forge components in our repo. Yeah. Okay, okay. So they could be sending like the name of the component and just like you see on your dashboard, there's this that pops up or, and then you can just, then you push out an app that's been created by viewers just through APIs, right? Like using Twitch API, you get what's on the chat, you send that to our systems API, which I don't know if it's open or not. I don't know what's possible to do with it, but something we could look into. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So as we're talking about the limitless imagination, I'm... Also wondering what are some engineering challenges that you've seen throughout the years, right? Some like, limits. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, and then it's like it can it can be about like engineering challenges just in the ecosystem and creating integrations and testing, and then also as you're also dog fooding your own product and learning through that experiences uh, as well. Yeah. So the engineering challenges bit. Our CTO had a keynote at our conference a, a month ago where he talks about how Postman grew. And he, he has these three different stages where it's uh, 0 to 1, 1 to 10, and 10 to 100. And then, I mean, then further on. And the first challenge that we got was into microservices. So you start with microservices and it's fine. But then you get into what's called the, if you have too many and you don't really have teams talking to each other and it's just everyone like doing their own microservices, you may get into this dependency hell, which is one microservice actually relies too much on another one and they just rely on each other or they rely on like SNL libraries that have the whole thing like fall down. And then it's just a, I think he called it a distributed monolith that you have instead of like microservices. That's where I think that was our, our first like big engineering challenge where we had to rethink how we would set up the whole company. So that's, we kind of split it between three layers. So it was product services and I can't remember what was the last one, product services and platform, I think. And then you have a platform which supports all the services and the product is kind of your client interface. So your clients use your platform. They call the services, which has like different microservices handled by different engineering teams. And then the platform is one single team that all the services rely on and it's used to share share data or share services with all the other squads. That's definitely one. Um, I don't know if you have any questions about this one. No, it was I just... Other ones. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just overall, I think that any kind of developer tool that is released, there's always going to be meeting challenges and understanding how you overcome those challenges. And, and I also think, especially true with just how fast the development environment changes so quickly as well, and also this kind of goes back to the very beginning, the challenges that you see development environments with 
folks who are coming from low-level language environments is super different than, again, the most common one being JS, Python, so on and so forth. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of an early on challenge. One of the most recent one was how like we, so speaking of services again, like we have this, we have this big service called Sync, which handles everything that happens on the platform with relation to when it's being like synced to our like Postman cloud. So whenever you save a request, that's when you're logged in. When you're logged out, everything is local and you don't actually sync anything. But if you're logged in, just so you can use the same data, either you on your same session on another computer or like, so your team can see the changes that you make. Every time you save or you change a request, it's being synced to our server. So it was fine when we had a million users. But as we grew to like 10 million, it started being a bit of a challenge. And at first, it was only saving stuff. And then we added more. So it's a, it's a WebSocket service. We started to add more real-time stuff like presence, so we called it. So it's basically, if you're a team workspace, just like in Google spreadsheets, you see who's actually seeing the, the spreadsheet. Well, you would see who's on the workspace. So like you see the avatars of the people at the top, you see who's online, who's not online, etc. There's We've added comments, we've added version control and this kind of stuff. And this kind of overloaded sync because there was some stuff that it was not made for. It, it kind of would grow. So I actually listened to your podcast with Slack <laughs> just yesterday and they talked about how like they had these challenges as well, right? Like where they had everyone come online at the same time. And so we had these issues with sync as well. Oh, a hundred percent. I was just going to say a lot of dev tools do come across scaling challenges without a yeah. doubt. Yeah. So like too many people and a lot of tools as well have issues when they try to recover from this. So you have a huge flux of people to your sync service goes down, but then everyone tries to just like Google goes down, everyone refreshes the page to see why it's down or if it's still down. It's just more people actually sending queries. So it just makes it harder to recover. So we had to think of a, of a new way to kind of solve that. And we went, we created a new, a new getaway. We called it Bifrost Getaway, which was the same service, but split in two. So first there was, um, I don't want to say anything wrong, but there's the getaway and then there's the service at the back end, which actually handles this, this caching, et cetera, that's involved. And yeah, that was an interesting challenge because we had also to kind of swap it on the fly. We couldn't just like say, oh, Postman is going to be down for two days and then we'll be back with a new getaway. Oh my gosh. You can't do that, right? Well, because so, there's also uh, so many services <laughs> that are, are uh, relying on you as well. So yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> I'm not going to list them because they're yeah, they mission are critical at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was definitely a challenge for sure. Oh, I can't even imagine. And I think it's, if I try to think about just especially back in back in the day in the office where when you have something go down and you have the whole company just like <laughs> panicking. I, I totally remember those days. Now you just get to panic alone at home next to your yeah, slide. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just random. And then Slack goes down. Yeah, what I, was did you do? <laughs> I was just going to say, and then and then you panic more because then Slack goes down. You're like, oh God. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. so then everybody goes to Twitter. And then and Twitter, Twitter goes down. A, yeah. And then Twitter goes down. I remember, yeah, the other day I had a... Um, I had a freak out because I like, uh, I was bad. I didn't do my two factor authentication. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And then later, finally, (laughs) later finally came and I was like, I can't, I can't get into my drive. And then, and then my workplace went down in the sense of I couldn't get into my drive because I was bad and I did not, I was delaying responsibility for instant gratification. Yeah, do you have this thing where you have to update your password every three months and then it reminds you like three weeks before, yeah. one week before, yeah. before and, and, and you never do it. You can only <laughs> and you can only use password as your password so many times until 
<laughs> but yes, yeah. And see the cashew. Yeah, yeah it's like you can only... You can't reuse the same password. With, with, you know, yeah. A turns into a four. Maybe maybe the <laughs> W is like a M or something. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But yeah, so... And at that point, once Google goes down, you're like, well, I'm, I'm everything's screwed. Everything's done. But again, I mean, I think going back to your your engineering challenges, it's oddly nostalgic. Is that weird to say? It's like, oh yes, I feel, I feel part of that, that brotherhood of like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, we've, we've all been there to whatever degree one another. And it kind of leads me to think about, are there any, I guess, notable case studies, notable case studies of illustrating Postman, right? I mean, I think the fun goofy one is like GameStop. That's hilarious. Yeah. The GameStop one is a very, um, I wouldn't call that a case study. I would not, yeah, I would not call that a case study. <laughs> it's at tops. It's like a blog post. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, at tops. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be told off by the customer success team because I don't know my case studies by heart. That's hilarious. Uh, I, it's totally fine. <laughs> I was like, just curious. I can think of one. So it's going to be very like developer experience related uh, because that's where I work. For example, what we have, we talked about Twitter. And Twitter, they, so they just released their V2, which is like the new API, Twitter API V2. And what they do, so for example, with wherever on their docs where they have, they have an endpoint, uh, with some documentation, what they do, they automatically generate running Postman button. What this does using the Postman API, and we can talk about the Postman API for an API tool later, because that's another one. <laughs> but Meta. so, yeah, it creates a collection, which is basically the call that you're looking at on the documentation. And directly you have it open in your uh, Postman and you can just send the call without that, you having to either recreate the thing in your app or having to like copy paste the endpoint. I'm not sure. I think it may actually auto-populate the credentials as well. If they don't, I know some other people actually do that as well, where they actually fill your credentials by default. So yeah, that's one of the use cases we have. Yeah, that's wonderful. I I have to say with Twitter, that's one of my most favorite APIs to play with because there's just so much data. And I think that there's a lot of fun that you can do with it. I do want to wrap up with thinking about and reflecting about your journey starting starting as a developer and what brought you to Postman? How did you discover Postman? And even after that, like as you talk about your journey getting into Postman, what was, well, we'll start with that. We'll start with that. Okay. Yeah. So for my personal journey, as I mentioned, I had like the very classic courses where I went to university and I had my classes of, oh, you'll have a week of web development. And we did a week of that web development. We had to do some APIs. People talked about, but it was like at the very beginning of Postman, I guess it was probably, I don't even know. It was, uh, I'm so, <laughs> but yeah, basically that's how I got to know Postman. And then I just used it, like, especially whether when I was like a full stack dev or when I was like already in dev advocacy and just like trying to kind of play around with some APIs and see what I could do with them. Always a bit of Postman. It was always like somewhere here and there. Oh, wow. Okay. So you were actually a user of Postman before you even joined the team. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's I mean, awesome. When we talk about users of Postman, I was a very basic user, right? Like I would, again, create a request, send it, see the response, and I would be happy or not happy with what I was getting back. But there's like a lot more that I discovered than when I started getting very interested and then joined Postman. And the reason why I joined, I think it's, again, this thing that we've been talking about throughout the whole thing is because you for a developer tool. And I mean, I love the developer ecosystem. I love talking to developers. Yep, That's like yep. the people that I like, yeah. I, the tribe, yeah, your tribe, uh, it's your tribe. Yeah, it's sparks, <laughs> you know, but also, yeah, not being tied to, to one thing. Obviously you have to use Postman. I work for them as well. I'm going to use their tool, but being able to demonstrate what a tool can do, but by going into the testing community, going into the gaming community. Versatility, it sounds like. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah I have just, to agree with you on that. 
yeah, just the freedom of playing with whichever API I want to, as long as I don't have to pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, 100%. And I think just to even reflect on that point, for me personally, I'll speak for myself, which is when I'm building, I completely agree with you. I, I enjoy having versatility, interoperability, being able to showcase like, hey, I don't really care what you want to build. I typically stand behind dev tools and dev platforms where it's like, I'll provide you the resources or the tools. You can go build whatever you want to build. And having that and no limitations is what's fun and exciting. So I agree with you on that. Yeah. And so as you've been a developer through at least your academic and professional career, do you remember what is your most like nostalgic memory of tech? Your first memory of coming across something or something that really stood out for you when you're growing up? It would probably be, I have a couple. Uh, probably the first one is the first website that I did and that was paid for. Uh, oh my gosh, like, yes. What a pinnacle moment. Yeah, it was, and it was like, I was probably 15 at the time. And it was for, have a guess, my dad's job. <laughs> they needed a website. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but I had, the, I had the skills because I'd been doing like online like support on like forum board or whatnot for like PHP BB, for those who know. And so, yeah, I just started, I was using at the time, NVU, which was like the free Dreamweaver. It's like a, a GUI spread oh, website. My and so gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can, can I just side tangent, side plug? I will send you the episode where we interview Adobe because I'm like convinced that Adobe Photoshop or Adobe Dreamweaver is like the gateway drug for all developers of a certain generation. Of a certain generation. So Yeah, NVU was the poor version of it, which means like it would generate code that was like just a thousand diffs for like just one single line. Poor version. I love that. So I used it a bit, but then it was just yeah. So that was a very a very good moment. The website is still online. They still use it. You can get the contact form with like PHP, etc. That is hilarious. If you want, we could link that in the show notes. I I love looking at (laughs) like no no no. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I don't I don't mind that. Like I'm not I'm not ashamed of it. Hey, I don't know. I have had some early builds and I look back in retrospect. I'm like, oh, I am ashamed of this. But I'm also not the best friend in dev for sure. I'm just like, that's good enough. The pixels, you know, it's just it's green. It's a shade of green. It's, you know, not the exact hex. Oh, but. yeah. I'm not, on the design side, I can't do anything, but I know it works. Uh, you can click on the links. It changes pages, which was all they were asking for. So right, right. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, and then I guess uh, one thing that I really liked, I, I kind of recreated the Pokemon game in whole JavaScript client side, which was during a project at, at uni, which was very cool as well. But this is not online anymore. Is this, oh no, that's that's all I care I about. That's all I care <laughs> I about. Oh man. Oh gosh. Okay, well, I mean, I'm speechless because any kind of Pokemon project is by default the best project. Okay, so side tangent, real quick. What was your first Pokemon game? Uh, Red. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Who, well, who was your starter? <laughs> who was my starter? I actually don't know the names in English. In French? Uh, Dracofeu. Uh, Charmander. The fire one? Maybe, Is it the yeah. fire lizard? Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, the orange. <laughs> little orange guy. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, say it again in French. Dracofeu. Yeah. I got it only because it kind of sounds like dragon. Is the word dragon in there? Because I don't, I don't know French, but it's it's some sort of well. Dragon, then, yeah. well, there you go. But the other one's a turtle, and the other one's like no, it's not. It's there not there you go. So it's it's got to be Charmander because you know Charizard. And so as you worked on the Pokemon project, that was several years ago. What are you working on now, and how can we how can we and the audience best support you? So what we're working on now, I think, if anyone in the audience has an API 
and wants to enable people to use it. Uh, one of the things that we just released is public workspaces, as I mentioned. So it's kind of a GitHub for only APIs. Oh. So if you go to postman.com slash explore, you'll be able to explore different organizations. So again, like Twitter, DevNet, Cisco DevNet, Salesforce, API, whatnot. And what they have is a public workspace, which is a bunch of collections of their APIs. It could start from an API specification, which could be the collection directly. And you can just see the documentation, you can see the different calls, the different expected responses, et cetera. So if you have an API and you want like, just users to be more able to kind of expect it, there's different tools out there, but we have one, so I may as well plug it. You can create your own team, create your public workspace and put your API out there. So that would help us, obviously, because you're using our platform, but I think that's a win-win situation. So to mention Salesforce, for example, they created their public workspace about a month ago. Now they have like more than 1,000 forks, just people using it just like organically, which is very interesting to see. Absolutely. And we'll definitely keep that in the show notes. And with that being said, Arlemi, thank you so much for spending your evening with us, right? I'm really excited to, to see your next Twitch stream. So I'll definitely include that. I'll include Postman Explorer that you just mentioned. I think having a library for primarily APIs is going to be really fun to, to check out. Is the Twitch one going to be recorded as well or only live streamed? Yeah. Okay. On our Twitch, I've then oh, posted on YouTube. Okay, then we'll, gra- yeah. we'll grab the URL and save that as well. Arlemi, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was fun. All right. So that was a really fun conversation with the developer advocate at Postman. Partially because I'm just a huge fan of building integration, but also I love Pokemon. And I'm really excited about that Twitch stream that he's going to do. So I'll definitely leave that in the show notes. For those who stuck to the very end, thank you so much. The show is made possible by OutSystems. And I really appreciate those who have joined this journey so far. If this is your first season, welcome. I'm so excited to be able to hang out with you and meet you. If you are returning from season one, thank you again. And for those who found this episode interesting, if there is a developer that you know, definitely share this with them and let them know like, hey, this is Postman. Definitely check out how you can build integrations a lot easier. Like I said, I think the landscape of development is changing. It's exciting to see how it is changing and being a part of that journey. Thanks so much, everyone.